everyone, and welcome to this conversation presented by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. Thanks for listening. You know, my wife Vicki and I have owned and operated our photography studio, V Gallery, for 20 years now. White House has been our lab for the last 16 of those years, and we could not be happier. White House is a family-run business, just like ours. If you haven't already, check them out at whcc.com. And if you want to drop me a line, feel free to email me at jed at whcc.com. I would like to just jump right in this. Yeah, sure. And here's here's what I want. I got I got some questions, and there's some things I want you to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're an interesting one for me. I've done like 200 of these in the last couple of years, and you're and you've been on you've been on this magical list that I have for a very long time. And the reason is <laughs> like a unicorn. A little bit. You're kind of a unicorn for me. And here's why. I knew about you, I think, 12 years ago through a a friend of mine named Joey Lawrence. Yes. Yeah. Back in the day, early, late, yeah, 2010, just before that, maybe. I would have guessed maybe even before that. I, yeah. I don't really, I don't really remember. I'm getting old, so my memory's failing me more and more. But <laughs> you, you and him were like these wonderkind young photographers that were just crazy, and everyone thought, <laughs> were you know, you, the, who are these kids, basically, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how old you are, but I know that you're young, which means 10 years ago. I, I hit 30 now. I, I don't know if I can be called young anymore. Well, I, I don't know if I like that. I used to be always like, Hey, I want to, I wish I was 30. Like, I wish people would take me seriously. You know, like back well, then, had you have said, Hey, you're a kid. I'd have been like, damn it. No, I'm not a kid. But now, perfect. now I'm like, wait, I was a kid. I totally was a kid. <laughs> but it's, but that's exactly one of the main things that I wanted to talk to you about which yeah. is why I was setting it up and you beat me to the punch, which is great. You, you went right where I was wanting to go because you were so young. And I wonder if that was an issue with you, if that was a struggle for you when you were that young. And now you can say, yes, I was a kid. But at the time, you did not in any way, shape or form wanted to be looked at or treated that way, right? Yes. That was, I think it was so hard because... I'd done photography since I was 14 and I took it seriously. Like I kind of, my mom always says like you kind of kept out of trouble and didn't go through that like crazy teenager stage because you had photography as a distraction. So I feel like, yes, like I always took my job seriously, but it was frustrating because I didn't feel like, you know, I looked at, I still look younger than I am, but back then you can imagine like I'm, 14 when I first pick up a camera, I start my business at 17. I l- I'm a child still essentially. And then going to, you know, clients and reaching out to people or like doing little talks, people would be like, ah, you're still a kid. I, I remember like, um, at the time I was doing fine art photography and I went to see someone about putting my fine art prints in a gallery in London. I was like, oh my God, this prestigious gallery in London. Like, is this going to be my break? And then I remember the lady there looking at me being like, well, we can put you in the affordable art fair. And I was like, I don't want to be in the affordable art fair. You know, every, I always used to be like, my dream is here and I know it's going to take a while to get there, but I'm serious about this guys. Like, you know, I I put my heart and my soul and my blood and my sweat and tears into this. Um, So yes, I did face a lot of um, rejection and I got told I was too green and 
It was frustrating. I remember doing an article, I think it was for Bowens because they were the first sponsor I had. And in the magazine, um, I ended up just going off about like how I was frustrated and the whole, the title was young, talented and annoyed. And I was like, wait a minute. Like I was telling you about my frustrations. Annoyed. And like, <laughs> even, even the word annoyed, isn't, doesn't yeah, that just make like, it seem what like. What about my work? <laughs> right. Right. Well, that's okay. So that's what I want to get to. Right. Yeah. So you, you kind of went through this long period or this long uh, season where you suffered kind of a reverse ageism, or maybe it's still considered ageism because mm -hmm. you're young instead of old, right? Yeah. So how do, what were the things that you felt like you had to do, right? Beyond just the quality of your work, because it seems to me like a lot of people wouldn't even get that far or yeah. couldn't get that far because all they saw was a 17 or 18 year old girl in their minds. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good point. I feel like going back, thinking about what I did. Well, first of all, I put on a more posh accent. <laughs> you only understand you really? the people that are in England will only understand this because I'm from the north. And in the north, when when you're going to meet with people in London, it's like in your I my accent now is a mix and a hodgepodge of being in over a transatlantic accent. But you know, thinking back then, I had more of a Birmingham accent. So you've got to think of like Peaky Blinders, right? Because that's yeah. where I'm near where I'm from. So if you had that accent and you go to London and you're going to Condé Nast and you're going to meet people in the industry, you kind of don't want, you know, you want to seem like you're kind of in this class of artists that could be working for this prestigious magazine. So I think without noticing, like my friends and family notices, I started to adopt a posher accent, as we call it. But I also dressed in heels because I felt like it was more, I was taller. I was, you know, mm -hmm. presenting. So it, it like mm -hmm. the posture and I tried to act older. So, you know, I can't avoid the whole, oh, when I walk into a room, I look like a young child still. Yeah. So the first thing I, I would do in a meeting would be like, hey, you know, I've been doing this for five years already or four years already and this is who I've worked for so I would almost break down any of the questions like answer the questions within the introductory part where you know it just kind of broke the ice a little bit because if I didn't do that I noticed they look I had a few times where people would look through my book and go oh so who have you styled for and I'd be like I'm the photographer and they would be embarrassed and I would be embarrassed. So I kind of made it a point to be like, hi, I'm Laura. I'm the photographer. I still do that when I get you to You brought set. that up right up front. You right still up do front. It. And I'd be like, you know, I look like I'm 12 years old, but I've been doing this five years. So, you know, I kind of answer anything that I can think they were thinking in their minds. And when I joined an agency when I was 17 for the first time and then 18 with a different agency that was kind of more of a professional level in London, I told him these frustrations. So actually he used that to my advantage and he'd say like, you know, Lara's one of the next things, big things in photography. She's, yes, she's young, but she's done this. And he kind of made a point about it and turned it on its head, mm, mm. Um, which helped because then people was were like- Was that a big turning point then when you, when you switched to an agency that was um, maybe more, more had your back? Yes, because I finally felt like I'm a professional and I'm finally represented by someone that gets it. 
Whereas before I was like, am I doing the right thing? Like, am I as professional as I think? You know, of course, I still had a lot to learn. I made a lot of mistakes back well, then. Well, you had but- doubts yourself because of the lack of maybe somebody that was really walking beside you in a, yeah. in a really big, powerful way. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And when you do have those voices alongside you that are kind of going along and agreeing with the, the journey that you want to go on. I remember being at college. I In England, we do two years of college as a diploma. It's not like university. Mm-hmm. Um, you do high school, then I did two years of a diploma in photography. And I remember it was like, okay, where is everyone going after college? And what are you doing? And I was like, I'm going to be a fashion photographer. I've already registered my business. That was my goal. And I remember <laughs> my teacher just being like, you can just be an assistant, you know? And I was like, no, like, I don't want to be just an assistant. So I remember just having that voice in my head that like, ooh, like maybe you should have assisted or maybe you should have waited a bit. Maybe you're not ready. Maybe you're too green. So finally, when you get those voices behind you that are like, we believe in you. And my parents have always been big believers in what I do. Um, and that's always been a, a big pushing point, you know, without their trust and in the beginning, like, without them saying, yes, go and do something creative. Um, I probably wouldn't have done what I do. Were they the key? That Were, were they the reason? Like I, I hear you, essentially you ran into a lot of roadblocks and a lot mm-hmm. of people belittling you or condescending you, maybe not even maliciously, maybe even just ignorantly, Yeah, you know, yeah. doing, doing what they were doing and saying what they were saying. And at the very least at, at the beginning, it sounds as though you had a lack of support from a lot of people except your yeah. parents. Yes. Yes, absolutely. My parents, both creative, like my mom was a makeup artist for Mary Quant in England, um, just on the, the counters and stuff, but it was a very high-end job at the time. And she kind of got her way there and improved her talent. And I just come from a family of creative people. And, you know, to say to them, I want to do something creative and, and have an interest that early, it was like, okay, like do it. They would always review my work. They would always tell me when things weren't good <laughs> and when things were good. So they were also- How important you know, is that though? So important. Like I didn't like to hear it sometimes, but my mom would be like, that's not your best, but like, you know, keep pushing forward. How and awesome is that? Yeah, it's your it's mom, really amazing that they were able to tell me. My mom still does best. it. She's like my worst <laughs> critic, but also I, you know, I'll do a shoot and show it to my mom. And if she likes it, I'm like, if my, same as my husband now, like if he likes something, I know it's good, you know, but he'll yeah. tell me when things yeah. are not good. Um, yeah. And I appreciate that. Sounds, and now I surround like myself. Critics. Yes, and I surround myself with very honest people now, which is really important. Um, but yeah, I, I think that when I had the agent and he was finally like, "Okay, this is where we're going to go. This is where I see you go, and I believe in you." I was like, "Okay, finally, I have, you know, someone behind." me and also I'd say another part was um meeting Sue Bryce um the photographer a lot of you will be will know who she is watching um and we met on a workshop in Australia like I'd say 2011 2012 I think it was actually early 2012 and she was one of the instructors of three of us and we connected right away and she's like you've got to do creative live and I was like me an online workshop like I only just started doing in-person workshops like again those voices like I'm not a teacher like you know I've only been in the industry this long and she was like I believe in you you can do it and um I did it and I was like wow like you know just to have another voice behind you like that that is like I can see your talent and what you're capable of sometimes you do need that in your career people to kind of see that in you and whether it's a little push or a big push you know it, it really does help 
the interesting thing that strikes me as you talk is that it sounds as though during those years, you almost had this, this conflict, this internal struggle that I don't want to be looked at as a kid, but wait a second, I am young. And I, and and maybe that's the lack of confidence because you didn't have um, the, because you did have the people that were talking down to you, right. Or or belittling you, but you had this, you kind of had this little war going on. A little war. Yeah. And it it came from also being bullied at school. And I think any, I I meet a lot of creatives and we're we're all the same. We're like, I was bullied at school because I was a little bit different and Mm -hmm. I was a little bit gothic and was a little, you know, dark hair. And um, that's when I started to get into photography, more of the fine art kind of darker art kind of things initially. And I think it was that internal, like I remember getting on the website DeviantArt back in the day. And it was like, you know, that was kind of what drew me into photography and people would be like, what is that? What are you doing? Are you on deviant art? Are you looking at yeah. photography? Like you want to be a photographer? You want to be in front yeah. of the camera? Who do you think you are? And it was like right. that internal struggle was there from the beginning of people being like, no, no, no. But then you, you know, you've got my parents who are encouraging and it's like this weight of like, you know, but I, I think one can't exist without the other. I think you do need, I think the most successful artists are also the people that have had to fight a little bit through some kind of journey and you know we face a lot of um rejection in the commercial industry and and anyone does if they want to fight to be somewhere so i wouldn't change anything like it's made me a stronger person for sure who do you think you are i am just a photographer that loves what she does and you know the moment that i stop loving what i do i wouldn't do it anymore Mm. because it doesn't matter how much I was to earn from a job to sometimes to me, it's more about, you know, I could do a very boring job and and earn a lot of money from it and then just still feel a little bit defeated afterwards. And it's because I'm an artist, you know, I started from the beginning with hardly any money for a good five years and just my heart was into it and I created. So I'm not saving any lives. I always say that I'm a photographer and an artist and very lucky to still be doing that. Right. Tell me this, my daughter, so my daughter is 11 mm-hmm. and she's starting to get, she's helping out mom. My, my, my wife's a photographer. So she, my daughter's help. She's the assistant. She has been That's for great. a little while. She's getting more and more excited about it. Um, I could see her going that route because she's creative too. What do you say going through that, what you yeah. did, what do you say to little kids and girls in particular, really? Because I think that there's even an extra level of, um, struggle there. There are extra set of challenges, certainly yeah. unique challenges. I think for girls, I have a son too, and my daughter, yeah. her, her challenges are unique. Definitely. Um, and so what do you have to say to, to little girls that are kind of right on that cusp? They're, they're finding out who they are and what they love. And they look at somebody like you and they think to themselves, I feel like they could think to themselves, I, I could do this. Laura yeah. did this. I could, I could do this. What do you, what do you say to them? I would say that no dream is too big. Like if you have a dream to be something, all it takes is steps to get there. And, you know, you may not come from a lot of money. You may not, you may have limitations. You know, I come from a working class background. I didn't have um, a lot of money in my pocket to be able to afford my initial equipment. So I created what I had. It's possible. I think that's the main thing. And it's possible in a world where women right now are being empowered and put in good positions, like it is the best time 
to be involved in a creative industry mm. and to realize like if your dream is to be a photographer and live in a big city, it, you can get there. You just need to, you know, start taking little steps, whether it's a little step to join in an online community and giving yourself personal projects mm. to do once a month and um, just keep giving yourself little challenges. Like whether it's, okay, this week I'm going to copy the shoot that I really like from this photographer and learn a little bit more about lighting. And today I'm going to experiment with, you know, some makeshift gear at home to get to that next step. And it is, you know, I feel like as, as women, especially when we're growing up and we're teenagers, I have a 15 year old sister. So the last few years, it's been very similar with her and trying to figure out where she wants to go. And I'd say that how we've been dealing with that is listening to her interests, but also mm. making her aware that what is out there and thinking of the next five to 10 years in the industry and thinking, is it realistic if she wants to get into retouching, for example, because things mm. might change. Um, so kind of giving her a perspective on what's, what's um, attainable, where she is, location, um, if she really wants to do it, because you don't also want to force your children to do things you want to do because you want right. them, you know, it's that balance right. between they've got to kind of take some level of interest. So I think it really is just giving them some tools and inspiration and encouraging them along their journey. So you kind of, you kind of have a protege. You're kind of in a position where you're a mentor mm -hmm. to your sister right now. And she's kind of right at that age that you were, where you were really starting to like come into your own regarding photography. Cause it sounds like you had a pretty good idea really young that this is what you wanted and that this is what you were going to do. Yes. I feel like it's because I didn't have anything else to focus on. Like I found it early and I was like, okay, what else am I going to do? Child development. I did that at school, but yeah. you know, I am not, I don't really, I'm not that interested in that. I'm not interested in science stuff. Like it just, I just fell upon it and I was very lucky to do that. And my sister, who's um, a couple of years younger than me, Adele, she ended up um, doing hairdressing and um, mm. just, she's amazing at everything she puts her finger to. Like she, if you say, can you sew this? She'll just go off and do it, do it. Whereas <laughs> it takes me a moment. And Adele is like, you know, me and Adele have also um, both been inspirations to my younger sister, Karis, because, mm. you know, she's looking up to two sisters who have achieved right. something and come from a small town. And it's almost in a way for her that she's confused because she's like, do I go into hair? Do I go into photography? Do I go into illustration? She's like spoiled for choice. Whereas we were like, well, let's just try something and see where it goes. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it's definitely, I think that the bone, the foundation is really just, having encouragement and a community around you. Um, whereas I didn't have community of friends where I lived, I had virtual friends. <laughs> so online oh. communities um, really right. helped me back in the day. Um, and challenges, right. we would challenge each other and we would connect and we would chat and help each other get through some bad times. So um, I have a lot to thank for those early communities that I was on. How do you handle the detractors? How do you handle the people that are jealous, how do you handle the people that are unhappy for whatever reason and project it on you because you're young, because you're successful, because you're really, really good at what you do? Mm -hmm. How do you handle that? Because it, it must come. You must see yeah. it. 
I saw it a lot more when I started out because I put myself as the face of my artwork. So mm. I was doing self portraits um, and it also helped me. I, I did it just because I didn't have confidence to use anyone else, but because you're putting, it's kind of like self is now, right? Girls will always mm. get attacked yeah. because of that. My sister yeah. does. Um, mm. So I always used to get like, why are you using yourself as a model? Like, you know, do you love yourself? Why? And I Do you it did love get yourself to me. Like, that? like, like I remember being at school and, and guys were like, are you trying to be a model? What are you trying to do? And I was like, it's just a way of me expressing my artwork. I don't have anyone else to photograph. Mm. And, um, it hurt like in the beginning that really hurt because you know, the, the artwork that I was creating was everything to me. It was my life. And when people would pick it apart and, and make it seems selfish. Like I was doing it just for me and to put my image out there. It was frustrating, but I don't get it as much, but now and again, I will get those comments online. Um, usually from like older male photographers, um, that just face value, look at me and my work and go, Oh, she's had it easy. Or like, you've obviously come from money or, you know, they don't, they don't look or research and see the 16 year journey that it's took from me to get from here to here. Um, but I've learned to just become stronger. Like I said, I surround myself with very confident people that are happy within themselves and also are very honest and supportive. And I feel like my, I don't get it as often because I choose not to surround myself pe- with people that are insecure and negative. What are your hopes for the next 16 years, both in business, but also personally? What what comes to mind right away when you think of the next 16 years? I would almost like, I'd say like, I hate saying the word, I'd like to leave a legacy of something because I feel like I'm not that old yet, but I would like to be um, not remembered either. Cause I, I, I definitely am going to live a lot longer, but <laughs> almost like people will remember me as someone that's been helpful to the community of photographers and encouraged people to get into the commercial side of the industry. You know, I'd obviously like to say like, oh, I like to be remembered and known for the work I produce because I love to, you know, shoot women in an empowering way. I, you know, if it's a woman in a suit, but she still looks beautiful and feminine, like that's Mm. kind of what I love to do. And I feel like that comes from me as a person who also is very feminine, but can also be strong. Mm. And I like to put that in my work. So I'd like to be known for that, that work I do in the next 16 years, continue that body of work. Um, but really I think in a, in a mentorship way and a, as an educator, be known as someone that helped give, especially women, the confidence to get into this industry and gave them the tools and the knowledge since that wasn't out there when I started through my education and, and hopefully give them a little bit of hope wherever they are in the world to dream mm. a little bit more. How do you, when you, when you consider the feminine piece and the strength piece, um, you said, but also be a little bit strong. How, how do you make it like at the forefront of your mind when you're teaching, um, even when you're actually on a shoot and you're interacting? Um, because it, it seems to me like the challenge a lot of times is, um, a strong woman um, mm-hmm. can mean that she's not nice. Right? <laughs> I'm trying yes. to not use the words associated with that, but I hate that, and especially. Yeah. And I and I I hate it now more than ever because of being a dad again of my of my little girl. She's what comes to my mind, and I don't I don't want that for her at all. I don't yeah. want strength to be associated with being mean. Because that it's not 
right? No, not what, at all. What do you, what do, you do for, for yourself to, to project that and try to have that be a positive thing, which in reality it is, right? Is someone... I'm, I'm, I'm a woman, I'm, I'm feminine, yeah. and I'm strong, and there's, all of those are related. It's not like yeah. there's a weird thing happening here, but all of those yeah. are related. It's funny because you, you said that and then it just reminded me of um, a post I posted the other day. It was a picture of myself talking about my courses and some guy said, I would hate to get on your wrong side when you're angry. Sorry, you probably hear the sounds outside because we are in New York and even though my windows are closed, it's so noisy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this guy posted on He my, said, I, I would hate to get on your wrong side? Yeah, I would hate to get on your wrong side or, or like know you when you're angry. And I was like, what? And I feel like a lot of men are intimidated by women that are successful and confident and seem like they have their, their shit together, basically. Yeah. And um, I get that I sometimes, right. like on the comments. And I think back and I feel like in the positive way, like women are not just seen in the background. Like women can be feminine and pretty and, and dress up, but it's not for anyone else, it's for themselves. They can be strong and mm -hmm. confident, but it doesn't mean to say that they're difficult. It means to say right. that they know what they want. Right. So I feel like I can't change someone's perspective, but what I can do, I think people get surprised that when they don't work with me and they've met me on set, they go, oh, you're actually very nice. And I go, that is something oh. else. Oh, like what did... Well, you're blonde and you know, you come across very confident online. And I'm like, well, no, like, yeah, I, I might dress up for myself and I, I am confident, but I'm also very nice. <laughs> and I, you know, I know how to rule a set, but I'm not bossy. Like I know how to, you know, I, go about I my know. day without. I think yeah. sometimes it's okay to not be nice, isn't it? Is it, it not sometimes someone... okay to not be nice? I mean, if you're having a bad day or if someone's pushed your buttons, then it's okay to, you know, not be nice. But for people that are not deserving of your niceness, you know, but there's also I, that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, but, you know, there's I, always going to be perceptions, but I, I, I whatever, I, I do my thing and I'm, you know, I'm nice and I'd, I'd like to say I'm easy to work with and very considerate of my team. And um, my clients know that, my team knows that, and that's what I care about first. Tell me this, what's, what is it, what are the biggest differences between, we'll just say London and New York City? Like what are, what are the things that come to your mind? Because you're very familiar with mm -hmm. both areas of the world, so to speak. What comes to your mind? With, with that in business or just in general well i'd like both okay I'd like both. both in business and personally too london is is very picturesque it's very clean new york is a bit grittier but people are very friendly and chatty whereas like english people in general kind of keep to themselves just mm. kind of who they are um i'd say that in the business side i would say that there's more editorial, more creative opportunities in London, as in like the magazines are a bit more accessible. There's a lot more independent magazines mm. for those who are just starting out. I think it's very easy to get your feet there, um, especially in the commercial industry. I'd say that, you know, I haven't been there, like living there for 10 years. So I don't know how the industry has changed in terms of opportunities, but with the movements and everything happening lately, a lot more opportunity um, has been given to different people of ethnicities, ages, which I think is 
excellent, um, and women as well. Um, in New York, I found that the difference here was that it was very, very competitive because you're talking about a country, you know, everybody flocks to New York and, you know, yeah. most, and also LA, but you've got two main cities on the East and West coast. Everyone that wants to get into the industry flocks here. So I did find it very hard at first because I'd already found my feet in London early on. And that was hard to rebuild again, but I also liked the challenge. I feel like in New York, like you can kind of come from any background. You can come from anywhere, whether you've got, you know, no money or whatever, or, you know, it doesn't matter what family you're from or what accent you have. Having a British accent here helps though. Um, and then, I bet it does. Yeah, it did really help in the beginning. Now my accent's kind of in between. So people are like, are you Australian? I'm like, <laughs> no, no. But I'm like, I fought away from this like accent thing. And now I've come back to being asked when to you, Australia. When you go home, does it, does it come back with a vengeance? Does it like, if you're yes, there for like- it comes like home. I, I pick up, if I'm around my Australian friend, Christy, I start sounding like her. If I'm around sure. my parents, if I'm drunk or on the phone to them, <laughs> there's the two things. Not that I get drunk that often. <laughs> a red wine now and again. And it's like, whew. but you know, it, it comes back and my husband laughs and jokes. He's like, the accent's back <laughs> and I'm like oh yeah it has but I don't realize you know it's just you don't even know yeah it's unconscious. I don't even know yeah tell me tell me this then what are the best parts of who you've always been you know you think of home you think of where you've come from what are the best parts of who you've always been and the best parts of who you have become Considering even yeah. the, the, the changes in, in location and geography, you've been in New York for a long time now, but where you, where you came from, and, and I, I'm thinking about your parents again and your upbringing and, and the strength that you've derived just from, from them, like what are the best parts of who you've always been and the best parts of who you have become? What are those parts, what do those parts look like in you? It's funny because I don't think I've changed that much. I think that I used to be very shy and I would say that mm. I've always been very loyal. That stuck with me. So best parts of what I was before, very loyal, hardworking. So it's hard to talk about yourself, isn't it? But um, <laughs> I feel like I've just become more confident and I feel like that's mm. just because also I've with age um, and mm. just working in this industry and loving what I do and surrounding myself with, with the right people. Um, my work ethic hasn't changed um, since I started to now. Um, yeah, I think those are the, the main things really. What are you scared of? Um, scared of, scared of flying. Are you? <laughs> I, I fly all the time. I haven't for ages. I was going to say. But I'm actually very scared of flying. And it's funny because clients will want to book my flights for me, but I only will fly with one certain airline because I think Is it's that right? was trustworthy. So I'll always be like, oh, I'll book it. It's fine. And they ended up just spending a little bit more out of pocket to do it. But right. um, I'm scared of flying. I'm scared of messing things up or not doing a good job every mm -hmm. shoot I want to do whether it's I'm getting paid nothing I'm getting paid a little something I'm getting paid a lot of money the pressure of always delivering is there for me and I'll always have I'll always be nervous before a job because I always remember where I came from and what it took to get here and you know I don't want to mess up in any way and I think you'll find that with anyone whether you're a dancer and you're dancing you know at a, a major theater and you're worried about falling you know mm. you're 
you always have that in your head, but I think that's just what comes with someone who really likes what they do and wants to remain where they are in the industry. You want to do the best you can. Yes, always. So, okay, tell me this. I I didn't want to focus on this and I'm glad we didn't, but I do want to address it because I feel like it's a little tone deaf if we don't. Talk to me a little bit about how 2020 has been for you, all things considered. Sure. So I, I mean, like everybody, it was a little shock. I remember when my sister mentioned it in February, she'd heard on the news. My sister, Karen, was 14 at the time, but she's very aware of everything. Mm. And I was like, what are you talking about? This virus isn't going to come here. And I, you know, and I remember just brushing it off until it came to March. And then I was on jobs and I was hearing more about it. And I was on my way to England mid-March and then I tried to go to the airport twice to get back for a job and I couldn't go. And that's when it hit me and I was like, wow, this is real. And I'm suddenly going to have to rethink this year and pivot a little bit. But also, what am I going to do about all these events that I do? Because Mm -hmm. I had workshops booked up. So, you know, I had to cancel all of those. And then we didn't know what was going to happen six months from now. No one knows when things are going to change or get back to normal, whether we do go back to a complete normal for a long time. So I, I remember just feeling really exhausted. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait, I have all of this free time. You know, usually Mm. I'm like, I go to London every month or two months. I was starting to go back regularly and it was always like, Oh, I've got to fly again. I'm exhausted because I hate flying okay, now I've got this next shoot. Now I've got, you know, plan this editorial. And I was just constantly like, do, 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 which I, I perform really well when I'm under pressure. But for the first time in a long time, I had this given free time. And I was like, instead of wasting my time watching Netflix, which I did a fair amount of, I'm going to re-strategize my business. I made an education website. Yeah. I thought of all the things that I didn't have time for or been able to give time to other people with my education, I, you know, started to, um, make presets, for example, which was in my mind for two years I had on my board to create. Mm -hmm. I did all my taxes and got all of my tax things straight, all the boring stuff you can think of that you're like, you just want to cross off. I'm a master of lists. So I love a to-do list that comes from my dad who loves the to-do list. And I just would build lists every day cleaning my equipment cupboard out, making lists of what I needed, what I could get rid of. Um, I archived all of my work into folders by year. So all of my tear sheets, which are just the PDFs that I was given of the front covers or the articles I printed off or I tore out of magazines and archived them. I went back and looked at old work, um, reminded myself of why I got into this industry. And I also started to shoot self-portraits again. So I hadn't done, I did. Yeah. So I hadn't done it for years because for me, it was more of a journey. Like it was Mm -hmm. a means to get to somewhere, but it was great because I pushed past it. I was like, oh, this is going to take so long. I'm not interested anymore, but I pushed past that negative thought. And, you know, I, I had a lot of matcha. I, I drink a lot of matcha every morning tea. And I, That's I, tea? I don't know what that is. Um, it's like matcha tea powder. So, cause it's like, instead of having a latte, which for me, I'd be like, ah, really wired. Yeah. <laughs> matcha is like a slow release caffeine. So it just keeps oh. me up cause I'm not a morning person. So usually okay. I'll be like, okay, I have my latte, 
put my hair up, get on with my day, just get on with it, Lara. <laughs> so I was like, right, we're going to do self-portraits today and there's no excuses. So I'd almost give myself these little assignments. Mm. And then I started doing that for a little while, blogging. And then I also started a series called Creative Distractions, which was um, a weekly live with someone in the art, art industry. So it was like um, Mae Musk, who is Elon Musk's mom. Um, mm. She's a model and I did a talk with her, a guy I know from Sotheby's, a lot of stylists makeup artists in the industry we were all going through the same thing so we would all do a weekly live and just say like look we're all going through this what are we doing to stay distracted during this time so for my own sanity for sanity but to also help other people during that time so yeah it's gone by really quick I have to say like once I started treating my day like a work day during lockdown I was like I've got this. It's fine. It's just like every other week once I give myself assignments. That's very interesting. How, you you mentioned um, you've launched a website recently, right? Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I launched my education website because I had, I've been doing a lot of online education and in-person workshops for mm-hmm. a long time, but I didn't have like a space to bring everything to. It was like the workshops are here and this is over here. So mm-hmm. I kind of just wanted my own page where all of the educational material landed on one page and it was easy to navigate. It's kind of a, it's, hub. Um, a little hub. Yeah. A little creative hub of like my in-person workshops, presets, right. one-on-one mentoring, Everything you can think of education is all on that one page. What's it called? um, Lara Jade Education. Oh. And um, yeah, it got me really... I thought I I saw something else. Maybe you mentioned, maybe it was you mentioned earlier. I thought there was a... I knew you launched an education website, but I thought that there was something else that you... The Portrait Masters? Well, I knew that too. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. It, it, the education piece is what I was talking about. Yes. So you have you have a hub where everything kind of stems from that. Stems site. from there, yes. Right. Um, so that's the the main portal, and it got me really interested in education again, just to have that one main portal and to have everything in one place. Um, but yeah, I, I spent a lot of time during lockdown focusing on that and and also work-wise if we're being honest like you know there was months where I yeah I couldn't I didn't have any work and we couldn't meet up for shoots and Mm -hmm. you know thinking of money and and struggling like luckily I've been a saver for the past few years since moving to New York I've been very good about saving and knowing where I want to go and where I want to put that money into my business so luckily I had savings behind me so it wasn't like I was struggling with rent um, but at the same time, I was also worried because that meant that my savings were going down and my future goals of what I wanted to do and buying a house, but also going out the door. So there was this pressure to like all of a sudden come up with a marketing plan because I was like, okay, as soon as the doors open and we're going to be able to shoot again, people are going to want content. What can I do to safely navigate this new normal and think ahead of what clients want? Because clients are also going to be pivoting and thinking, wait, I am going to need content to get me through the next six months, but they might need something different from the usual. So it was me trying to figure out what I could do, whether it was shooting products on myself, which I did with a jewelry company, um, just so it was just me at home, or whether it's just me and my assistant. I did a shoot where we were talking to the creative director over Zoom. So they were seeing the tether screen, like having all of these things 
in mind so that you can, you know, put it on a plate to a client and say, Hey, I can help you during this time. It doesn't have to be done and safely. Like, you know, I can help you out. So that has been, um, a big thing. And I still do that because we don't know where we're going to go in the next few months, right. like trying to figure right. out content wise, what we can do during this time and focus on is really important. Tell me this then. The other big thing that I know that has happened to you recently is that you are now an explorer of light. Yes, I am. A explorer of light. I am, which was when they asked me, because um, I'd been working with them a little bit before that, just on social things sure. mainly. And I, I spoke for them at WPPI in February when things were very normal. And right. um, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, um, when they asked me, I was just kind of like, oh, like, I didn't know what to say because I didn't expect it. I know that they were you really not doing some shuffling really around. I just, I just wasn't really expecting it, especially at that time. Like I thought right. if it was going to happen, it was going to happen in the future. So right. I was like, wow. Okay. And it was, it was really exciting because, you know, it happened like a few weeks back, but it kind of put that spring in my step again, because yes. a lot of my friends are on the Explorer of Light program. Yep. My good friend, I mean, if you're in this industry, you kind of know it's like a little extended family. Mm -hmm. So it kind of, and the, the team is so lovely. So it was like just joining this really nice extended family and um, an honor to be a part of, of a team like that. Let me ask you this last question. You have a platform you've, mm -hmm. you've reached a lot of milestones, um, again, at a, at a young age, how cognizant are you on a regular basis? How aware are you of maybe the responsibility that comes mm -hmm. with the platform and the influence that you have? How, how much of that is at the forefront of your mind on a regular basis? I'm aware of that. Like I said, with the education stuff, what I kind of want to be known for and remember that I felt that, you know, for a long time, there's been a gap in the industry to particularly help women get into mm. this field of photography and to have the confidence to step up mm. and realize that it's um, a big part of that. And I was having the talk with Canon and the team um, some weeks ago, perhaps about thinking of mentoring and other people have been bringing things up too and um, thinking of ways that they're very open for conversation and, and hearing from us about what we want. And, um, you know, one thing that I would like to do in the future, whether it's through Canon or for my own thing is also um, think about underprivileged schools, uh, women mm. who um, need some confidence boosting, who don't come from, from money and mm -hmm. just need to be helped with technique and mentored in some way. So that is always at the front of mind, like, what can I do? Um, it's still kind of, you know, with COVID going on and everything, it's very hard to like put things yeah. in place, but it's yeah. definitely a 2021 thing to think about how I can kind of give back in some way through my knowledge. Um, I always go back to how it was difficult for me as a young teenager with no funds and, and a lot of people kind right. of being like, no, you can't, you can't. Right. So um, I kind of want to be that person to help boost um, a few people out there who are in, especially young women um, in this industry and, and help them forward too. I love those intentions. Mm -hmm. Laura Jade, I can't express to you how thankful I am that you carved out some time to do this. Of course. Me. It's been great to chat. And like I said, just like even these little podcasts where it's like talking to a human being <laughs> virtually or not is, is appreciated. Cause I'm also very aware of like, you know, how things are spreading here and I'm trying to kind of take my risks um, carefully. So even just having this nice chat um, is a great way to spend the day. 
It was a pleasure. Um, yes. may, you know, maybe sometime we'll we'll see each other in person. That that would Hopefully be very nice. Hopefully, another conference in uh, ten years yeah. from now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have a great day, and I you really appreciate too. your time. All right, have a great day. Thank you.